Hello, welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 87. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And how are we doing, Fisher? Very good, thanks, Jimbo. How are you? Yes, not too bad, thank you. The episode today is entitled Wake Me Up When the Lockdown Ends. Uh, because, of course, we had earlier on in the week, we had more sort of continued, prolonged news of lockdown continuing. Looks like um, at least till the 8th of March, really. Well, school closes, he said, but I think that's probably a good indication of where mm. what might happen in other areas, I suppose. So we've got to play our starting song, and here it is. It's uh, Green Day's. Uh, we've, we've covered Green Day, and I've done Wake Me Up When The Lockdown Ends. Are you ready for it? Yep, play on wait when September ends, obviously. Exactly. Which not... actually might be when lockdown ends, to be fair. Yeah, I'm not actually going to go to sleep, by the way, so you don't, you know, I'm not just going to leave you to it now by just dropping off. Um, but anyway, a lot of listeners do, and viewers, of course. January's come and passed. I haven't even changed my pants. Wake me when the lockdown ends Last summer is in the past Eat to help out went too fast Wake me up when the lockdown ends Here comes big Boris again on the five o'clock briefing bringing us bad news again telling us to stay in as i queue for my weekly shop staring at the empty pub wake me up when the lockdown ends Wake me up when the lockdown ends. So there you go. Wake me up when the lockdown ends, the episode title for our podcast episode today. Uh, Fisher, it is time for... Breaking news, what have you been up to? Um, not much. Lockdown, aren't we? So I've got to stay at home um, and save lives. And we recommend everyone does that, stay at home and save lives. Except when have you got a, under your time. shirt and tie? Have you got like a superhero, Superman thing? If you, you're going to rip it open, is that what you're getting at? Uh, no, the, the reason I'm wearing this is not sort of my breaking news, but the reason I'm wearing this shirt, as you may see, it's not too particularly ironed all that well. Is uh, my dad popped round the other day um, to drop off some old thing? He, he basically cleaning the house out. So as where obviously he should be staying home and saving lives, he, he had to he had to bring him some food round. Obviously, that's why he, that's why he left the home um, to, to give me. Some stuff, but it also dropped off some old things that he needed to get rid of that were basically my things that were at mum and dad's house. That you don't and, want either. Uh, I don't particularly want either, but it's, I've got to take them in. But it's I'm amazing like, how that still is... happens, isn't it? Because that, that still happens to me, even though it seems like my dad's been doing that for years. He still mm. keeps finding things um, yeah. that he, he, he brings around to me that I need to sort something out, you know, look after and put them somewhere. And you remember the football trophies back in the summer when I uh, brought some football trophies on? It does, yeah, turn, I mean, it does help us out with some of our show and tells, to be fair, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, so I've, I've, I've got this shirt. I mean, I also put on a tie. I, I remember I used to wear this when I first started working years ago. I think I think there was a time when this was cool. I mean, admittedly, it was the 1980s, and I started working sort of in the 
sort of later 2000s. Um, but yeah, I used to, I, th- I think, look like a Michael Douglas in Wall Street. Have you seen that film? Um, that could be a, a good one for him. Yeah, food is for wimps, greed is good, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, th- that's why I'm wearing this today. My dad dropped this off along with a couple of other work shirts and some books and some very old stuff that I don't want and he didn't want, but nonetheless, it's mine, so he gave it to me. So you've gone, um, you've gone sort of like smart work. I've gone, I've gone just some, Sunday league football, basically. Yeah, but if you work in Sunday league football, that might, might, might work, <laughs> as, work as well. I mean, what interests me about that shirt is Ecclesfield Red Rose. I mean, surely that's sort of got a Lancashire tilt to it. I mean, why is it not called Ecclesfield White Rose? Not sure, to be honest. You'll have to ask the uh, founders of Ecclesfield Red Rose. Um, doesn't say when they were founded on it. Um, yeah. A bit about this top. I, I don't. I don't think. I'm not. I'm not actually sure whether I've ever officially wore this in an official Red Rose game. Uh, I don't think it was after my time, and somehow I ended up with it. It's my brothers. They don't wear this shirt anymore. It's a wear shirt because obviously it's green. Um, mm-hmm. The only time I may have wore it was was when I appeared once for them during the time that they wore these shirts. Uh, I helped came, you know, to help help out with numbers and stuff like that. I was on the bench. Came on a sub, one goal, scored a goal with, with my head. Never played mm-hmm. again that season. I finished off with one goal in 13 minutes that season, which I think is a fantastic well, ratio. Good return. If only you could extrapolate that throughout the entire season. Yeah. Um, what a player you'd be. But anyway, my breaking news is that I, um, well, it'll tie into the drink that we're having shortly, actually. I, I bought some steak yesterday. Guess how much it cost me per steak? No idea. 15 quid a steak. Is that I, I don't often buy steak to be honest, but is is that what you'd is it is it is that quite a lot? Uh, yeah. But it was it was well, it I mean, is it quite good steak though? Is it is it you know proper I mean, steak, not not supermarket steak? I mean, don't get me wrong, it was probably the best steak I've ever had. Um, <laughs> but it was it was from a it's from a local business called uh, Wortley Wagyu, um, who funnily enough are based in Wortley, and they do. Have you heard of Wagyu beef? Yes, I think so. Yeah, it's sort of. So like I, th- I think the the cows are are they fed alcohol possibly are they? actually that, that probably seems, that sounds quite inhumane doesn't it really we're going to get um, Peter onto us in a minute if you're not careful yeah did you actually did you see Peter this week uh, talking about slagging slagging animals off and don't use offensive words for animals so for example instead of call, don't call someone a chicken you should call them a coward <laughs> don't call someone a sloth you should call them lazy we think surely the animals don't care sloth isn't lazy and the animals, yeah, don't, animals care. don't care yeah. Um, but yeah, I bought some steak yesterday. Fifteen pound a steak for some. Um, I think it was rump steak um, from a from a wagyu a wagyu cow. Was that is that what it's called? I don't know. Wagyu beef anyway. It was exceptionally nice. Um, and I've, I've, what I'm having to drink today is what I had to drink with it yesterday. So I would highly recommend it. It was quite interesting because um, he got he got all these cuts of beef and then he put them on a really really high shelf. And I said to him, "Oh, hey, you're raising the steaks." <laughs> I Very good. That, obviously. <laughs> well, there we go. So what's your breaking news, Jim? Um, well, I, I'm wondering whether you know I, we're going to go from your stakes to my stakes because I am now a Bitcoin investor. Well done, congratulations. I have ten pounds worth of Bitcoin because I got it free with my beer fifty two box that I my beer subscriptions that I have um, a free ten pound Bitcoin leaflet thing. So, so there you I, I, go. How much Bitcoin does that trans- uh, sort of come out at? It's something like 0.000003 something. Um, I have okay. no idea like how bit, it works. Like a Bitcoin, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, every bit helps, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so, so what do you plan on doing with your Bitcoin? Probably just letting it sit there until someone tells me if I can do anything with it. I don't really plan on buying any more because, uh, well, I haven't got much money. So can well, you, you buy more money can you, I'm, I'm presuming you can buy normal Bitcoin with normal money. For a terrible yeah, yeah, exchange yeah. rate. So you've, got to, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the value of a Bitcoin is quite expensive. I think it's oh, right. Bitcoin valued at about £20,000 at the moment, something like that, one Bitcoin. What? Shot up in value. Oh, right. Oh, so it's, 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 I'm guessing my £10 isn't quite one Bitcoin then? Uh, no. It's not even <laughs> well, it, it would have been the value of a Bitcoin years and years and years and years ago, but it's uh, grown quite excessively. I mean, you, you can ask me, because I'm wearing this outfit. I know a lot about trading, obviously. Um, Bitcoin, I'll put Bitcoin value into Google. Um, at the moment, one Bitcoin is worth um, about £24,500. Oh, right. Okay, so I'm nowhere near then. No, but um, if you look at five years ago, on the 12th of February 2016, one Bitcoin was worth about £300. Oh, right. Okay. So it's really shot up in value. So um, it's currently currently gone up quite a bit in the last, um, last few months, really. So if you, had a lot, if you had a lot of money, well, I'm not. No, I'm not, we're not going to get into that. Let's not do financial advice and get people into trouble. Yeah. Um, we we are not authorised to give financial <laughs> advice. We are two people who, let's be fair, don't know what they're talking the, about. The, well, that doesn't stop us podcasting. The other breaking news about my beer subscription, though, is that the I was tracking my beer box because it was a delivery company who I won't name, um, where, and I could track them right to the um, to the to the road where mm. I am, and. Um, and it was I could see that they they were nearby. You know, sat here waiting for my beer. Next thing I get an alert saying your beer's been delivered. Uh, it's been left mm-hmm. in a garden shed. And I was like, well, I've not seen them. Uh, I'd be, I've, I went and looked in the shed. It weren't there. So I got onto onto sort of beer fifty two and I said, look, they've said it's been delivered and it hasn't. And mm-hmm. uh, they said, oh no, we'll we'll get you another one sent out. Not to worry. So they sent me another one out. And then a day later, the neighbours who. Some some neighbours not far away who who got the box accidentally turned up with my beers, so I've got ended up with two boxes of beers now. So that's my breaking oh, good news, good isn't it? Yeah. So so what are you going to do with that extra uh, box of beers that you're doing? Are you going to do the uh, correct ethical thing and send it back to beer fifty two? Of course, I'm bloody not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go. You got to appreciate anything you get for free these days. Mm-hmm. Anyway, should we move on to talk about beers and what we're having? Yeah, go on. What, what you're having? It tends to be that. getting early. We have these beers, isn't it? Because we're starting to podcast slightly early. But you know, we've got to get on with it anyway. And and who cares? Like in lockdown, is it does it, is time even a thing? So yeah. is, is it even Sunday today anyway? Exactly. Is it, is it not Tuesday morning? We should be at work. Here. <laughs> I'm not too sure. I can't remember. So the reason I'm having this one then is uh, let me have a look. The reason I'm having this one is because can you see it? Uh, it's got a rainbow flag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is there a revelation pigeon? <laughs> it's Arbor. My little Sabrone, it's called a single hop American pale ale, and it's brewed. Uh, I think it's by the. I think the brewery is My Little Sabrone, maybe, possibly. Oh no, about it's by Arbor Ales, sorry, and it's called My Little Sabrone. There we go. And it's uh, Arbor Ales, and they're based in Bristol, I think, Eastern Eastern Road in Bristol. There you go. The reason I'm having this is because it's too bloody big to fit in the fridge. It's taking up loads of space. Oh. Can you see how big it is? It's a very yeah. tall can. So I'll be having that one today. What have you got? Uh, well, I've got... I had steak last night, uh, as, I, as, I, as I mentioned. Having bought the steaks, I decided to also eat them because I wasn't happy spending sort of 30 quid on two steaks and not eating them. Um, so you can often have... I don't, I don't know. Do you think about when you eat food, what you have to pair it with in terms of drinks? Uh no, Some, you don't, obviously. Not, not really, no. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't say I do that in a particularly complicated manner, but, you know, if you're having um, fish, then some people like to have white wine. I might sort of have a lighter ale because I'm not really into wine that much. Uh, with steaks and sort of beef and red meat, often people have red wine, um, which I sometimes have, but I thought instead of doing that, I would have some uh, some Lefe, uh, Lefe Dark, um, which I, I drank, I drank about half the bottle, but it is quite a big bottle. It's uh, seven hundred and fifty milliliters. Oh, so, so you, it's um, so you had some 
left fee over. Yeah, left fee <laughs> over. Left yes, well done. Like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the dark left fee. It's 6.5%. 3, 6. Um, so, yeah. Strong one. for a Sunday morning. <laughs> um, and let's see what it's... Uh, it was quite nice when it last night, so I've still got about probably over half a pint left, I think. I, I normally, uh, you know, I, th- I think people probably listen, tend to listen to this later in the day anyway. Um, so it's probably not as unusual, but it is unusual drinking it uh, at this time of day, I suppose. But anyway, looks nice for there sure. There we go. Yeah, it was, it was quite nice last night. I thought uh, it got quite a multi taste to it, so I think it sort of makes a decent replacement for uh, red wine. And go from the answer, it's a 750ml bottle. Guess how much it cost? Oh, let's say £2.30. Or oh, £2.75, which I didn't think was too bad. Good going. Did you say it's, I mean, I'm not sure how much you paid for your can. How much did you pay for your, for your massive can that can't even fit in the fridge? It's difficult it's, to work you're, out you're... because I, I, get, I got them in a, in, a, in, a subs, in a box. And actually, I don't think this one itself came from Beer 52. It came from a different uh, beer delivery uh, company. But uh, yeah. Um, how many different beer subscriptions have you got? Well, at the minute, I, at the minute I'm sort of, uh, I'm, I'm taking up, because it's lockdown, I'm taking up all the opening offers that they're yeah, doing. So crafty, you see. Crafty beer and yeah, all that. Crafty okay. All right then. So, uh, are we going to get on with um, our what we're doing? Um, we need to talk about a, a celebrity sex tape. Have you prepared one for us, or do we not bother um, in the end? Well, I've got a celebrity sex tape that I'm talking about, which might be different for preparing a celebrity sex tape. <laughs> um, and this one is, is Gene Simmons in 2008. A video on the internet surfaced which purported to be Simmons engaging in sexual activity with an unnamed woman. Simmons later stated that Tate was recorded without his consent or knowledge, and that his legal team were pursuing legal options, including copyright infringements. Please, please tell me that this, this sex tape was called This Was Made From Loving You. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been called More Than Just A Kiss. Who knows? Was it really, was it even Jim, Gene Simmons in the uh, sex tape, or was it just a bloke with uh, face makeup on to look like a... What does it look like a bat? Or yeah. I can't remember what is a white face and a, some black uh, subscriptions oh, on the. Oh, did they just? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Like I said, did they just? Did they just kiss? You know, is yeah. that all they did? Um, else, but, but yeah, this is all so about that's... trying to raise the number of views we get into it because we can tag that we talked about Gene Simmons' sex tape and some weird people might be looking for it, so they might accidentally yeah. then land on our podcast and be quite disappointed. Mm. Yeah, but then to be fair, I suspect if they watched Gene Simmons' sex tape, you'd probably be a bit disappointed as well. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's a bit unfair on Gene Simmons. He might be a might be a fantastic love maker for all we Does he get his love gun out in it? That's another. <laughs> uh, that's, that's another another kiss song, by the way. Okay. Are you basically just googling kiss songs? Yeah, and kind of make puns about they they rocked type? they rocked and rolled all night. So <laughs> say that. I, I think I think that's all I've got, Fisher. So okay. Um, I think this 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 feature might work a little bit better if we tagged in people who are, you know, maybe slightly more attractive who people might actually want to watch sex tapes about. Um, as we're talking about Gene Simmons might not be the best idea. Yeah. Who have we talked, who've we talked about so far? On we had Little tapes? Wayne last week, didn't we? Or was that Little, the week before? Two, two weeks ago. We China, China last, week, last week. We've had... We have John Leslie. Kim Kardashian, John Leslie. Kardashian, yeah. And this all Paul started Hogan. years ago Stop. from when, from when uh, well, we still get hits to our website now because people are still looking for a still yet to be unsurfaced alleged... Paul Jewell sex tape. He used to manage Bradford City, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, Wigan Athletic, I think, as well. But yeah, there yeah. we go. Are we moving on? Mm, let's move on.
right then. Um, so, what are we moving on to? Well, first of all, I want to talk about a something I didn't talk about last week before I go and move on to my feature. Is it my feature next? Yeah. I was hoping we were going to do show and tell. Sort of. Oh, I, show I and tell. Been... Show and tell. We forgot I've... about that. But yeah, shall we do yeah. what I was going to do last week? What I was going to say last week? There was a news story that uh, cropped up about a lady who'd sparked, uh, sparked a bit of a debate on social media. To be honest, it was a bit of a non-story, but it caught my eye. Um, and it was about, she, she tweeted saying, am I the only person who showers with my back to the shower water? Um, and this caused a bit of a, deba- a debate amongst people on social media. Um, some people say no, it's it's not more normal to face the other way and actually have your you face the sort of shower wall. But then lots of people mm. say no, 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 that's, no, that's not true. That's not true. There's some people saying how can you face the shower wall when there might be a psychopath murderer mm-hmm. entering the bathroom behind you? You've got to face outwards and and look towards yeah. the outside. And some people will say no, no, you, I, I start facing one way and then turn the other way for the end of the shower, which is what I tend to do. If you do the same. Yeah. So to settle the debate, Jimbo is going to have a shower live on the podcast, and we're going <laughs> to see which me. way he stands. Um, yeah, what, what about you? Which way do you face? I don't really know. I can't say I've really thought about it. I tend, I tend to face facing the water mm. well, um, with my head sort of up in the air, so I don't get sort of water in my face. Oh, so you don't? So reason. you don't? You don't tend to face the other way and face outwards then? Um, actually, no. I stand sideways. I bet no one said that, did they? <laughs> um, no, I tend, to, I tend to face the water. Yeah. See, there obviously is something to this because people people are very different. I, like I say, I, I sort of get used to the water temperature forward facing, and I spin round and have my back mm. to the to the shower. So, so I'm, I'm you know, and I, I don't know. Maybe maybe people do it differently. Women might do it differently because they don't always wet their hair, do they? In the shower, mm. where men just tend to get wet their yeah. hair every single time, unless you wear Can a shower cap, of course. No, I do. I do not wear a shower cap. Can you remember how we were, when we were taught how to shower when we were at school? Anyway, Jimbo, and the teacher took us into the showers and sort of said, "Right, this uh, is how you do it." Like, can't, Less said about that. Less said about that, the better. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was reading some of the comments that people had said, and they were saying things like that. Or you know, some people were saying, "I stand this way, that way." Somebody said, uh, and I'll quote. The, I'll quote what they said. Um, I I like to uh, no no no. You've got to. He says you've got to have your back um, away from the shower because some people have the water really hot, so it's really un- unhealthy, really, not very safe to, to go with your face facing the shower. So what I tend to do is, uh, you know, face the shower, um, wash the the soap suds off the boobs and everything like that, and then I turn around afterwards. That's what they said. And that's from Dave46 in Birmingham. <laughs> anyway, that's all I want to say on that. Uh, but moving okay. on to show and tell, what have we got? Uh, my show and tell item this week is um, it's this. It's... Um, can you see that? You Pointless. The board game that is, is that is that a is that a review of our podcast? Uh, no, no, it's not. It is. Yeah, it's the pointless. As you say, it's the pointless board game. Mm. Um, and it's. I've had this game for a number of years, and I've got a question. I've got a show and tell item. Well, this is a show and tell item, but I've got two things that involve um, the program Pointless. And we'll, is, um, is is it my job in this one to to choose the answer that nobody else chose? Uh, it is not. We could maybe play. We could maybe play that board game at some point. Um, but what what I want to know is, um, yeah, what's my connection to the um, to pointless? Effectively, and I've got two scenarios for you. Uh, the first one is that when playing a family event, I soured the atmosphere by swearing in front of my mum. It was the first time in over ten years that I'd swore in front of her. What was the first time in ten? We'll come back. I'll, I'll let you give you a reason, and I'll ask you. Yeah. Um, and. Well, the second scenario is that this morning I filled in an application to appear on Pointless. I hope to fulfil a lifetime ambition by appearing on the show. 
<laughs> a lifetime ambition and pointless has what been on for well, about, about eight well, years. Not a lifetime ambition, but sort of a, yeah, since pointless has been on since I've been watching it, ten year ambition maybe. <laughs> all right uh so number one then i was gonna ask you when if it's the first time in about 10 years you swore in front of your mum what was the what did you do the first time you swore in front of your mum what was the reason for swearing in front of your mum it must be a momentous occasion so you must remember these moments that you swore in front of your mum yeah um i called her a, no i didn't it's, uh, i the first <laughs> i believe the first time she heard me swear. I, I, i'm not sure about yourself but swearing in front of ladies is um not very not very nice in particular your mother do you, do you ever swear in front of your mother um, not really. She probably swears in front of me more than I swear in front of her. Yeah. Um. So, which to be fair, I mean, she 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 she, she, so, she called she called me the son of a bitch the other day. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, anyway, so the first time I I recall swearing in front of my mother, um, I was looking at something on. Uh, she, she rang me up. <laughs> oh, where was this story going? <laughs> <laughs> she rang me up and I said, "Mum, will you?" Now, um, she rang me up. I was talking to her on the phone. At the same time, I was talking to someone on the internet, like on MSN Messenger, as it was at the time. Uh, we are going back then here, aren't we? It was, yeah, like I said, over 10 years ago, the first time I'd uh, been swearing in front of her. And um, it was it was actually around the time there'd been some flooding in Sheffield. And someone sent me a picture of the local area with flooding on it. And she was, she was like telling me on the phone, she rung me up to say that there's been flooding on the phone. And this picture came up of, I think it might have been Ecclesfield, something like that, with a load of flooding. And I looked at the picture and I said, came out. Um, hey, it's eleven o'clock. Did, yeah, sorry, it's Sunday as well. So I said it quite quietly, which I mean you can get away with swearing if you say it quietly. But I swore down down the phone, and uh, she said, <gasps> and she said, "Do you normally use that word?" I said, "Oh, sorry, I've just, I'm sorry, I've just seen something about the flooding." I mean, oh, I'm amazed. Sorry, and I apologise profusely for the coarse language. Okay, but, but uh, so that was. You're going to have to apologise again now because it's, uh, it's 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 barely even half eleven. Ah, uh, sorry, I shouldn't listen to this. Not All not to it. to everybody else. Nah, the, the, well, we, we, okay, well, if I'm doing a segment where... Oh, well, you've, 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 you, your signal dropped then, so maybe that's a good thing. Okay, so num- reason number two um, is... So, hang on, sorry. Yeah. So, that's, so, so the fact that I swore in front of my mum 10 years ago oh, yeah. has got nothing yeah, to do with that's, this. That's purely... Yeah. Yeah, that's not really anything to do with that. That's just a side segment, so I'm not sure if you actually want to ask me the yeah, question. Yeah, why did you swear, why did you swear this time then? But, well, I was playing pointless at the, uh, with our family. Um, it was between Christmas and New Year, and I got this for Christmas. This game, and it was between Christmas and New Year. We, we went to our family. This is in the days before social oh. distancing, when you could actually see your family. Um, and we're playing this, and I'm, I think, as you know, I'm probably sort of fairly competitive. Um, and you know, I had had a, had a bit to drink without having having too much drink, but I had, had, had a few beers, and we're playing this, and it's all good fun. And um, my mum was reading the questions out, and I was, I was in the final, and <laughs> I tried to get the pointless answer. And I got, I scored one oh. instead of the pointless answer. So you bleated out a swear word. So I said, "No." Oh, <laughs> oh right, okay. Then my mum went, <gasps> "Christopher, game over, yeah. ruined the whole evening, yeah. ruined Christmas probably." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I bet your dad dropped his shreps, didn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was so disappointed with what happened. <laughs> Telling his mates at Britvic and Swept what was uh, going on. <laughs> So yeah, that 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 was that. Um, okay, reason number two then. No, yeah, reason number two is you've applied to be on Pointless and you've done that this morning. I've done that this morning, yeah. Okay. For an application form to appear on Pointless. And have you ever applied for a TV show before? I have a, I have applied to appear on The Chase. Yeah. But I've not heard anything back from them. Okay. And what kind of what kind of questions were you asked on this Pointless form? Anything interesting? Um, they asked me 
Um, they asked me what my specialist subjects were. Mm-hmm. If they got sort of any favoured areas and not so favoured areas. Um, so I put down, you know, favourite areas, podcasting. Celebrity sex tapes. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Geography. <laughs> and then weaknesses, you know, eczema, as uh, Keith said <laughs> from the office. Um, weaknesses, uh, you know, films, not very good at that. It asked me a bit about myself as well. Um, so it asked, me, yeah, it asked me a little bit about um, kind of what I do for a job, what my hobbies are, am I competitive? Um, and, it, and it asked for a bit of information about me and my partner, obviously. Did you ask, um, did you, did you, oh yeah, because you have to go in in twos, is that right? Uh, yes, yeah. Did, 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 did they ask about the podcast? Or did you tell them about the podcast? I put about the podcast, yeah. Good, okay. Yeah. Um, um, hmm. And you have to put information about you and the person you want to go on, on, the, poc- on the pointless with. Right, interesting. Hmm, okay. Now, I, I, I think both of these are quite believable, because you don't swear, well... It's almost like you don't swear very often, but you tend to do keep your swearing sort of canned up until we go on air and podcast at early times, and then you sort of bleat it all out. Um, so, you, you, but I don't think I, I do agree that I don't think you swear very often in front of your mum. I think I, I, I want you to probe a bit more in terms of these questions, okay. really, Jimbo. So, um, you know, what both of them? Yeah, both of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what I'm, swear I'm word did you? What, what swear word did you say for the first one? Then I think. You um, could... Well, I mean, it was. It was oh effing hell. Right, okay. And what was the question, uh, by the way, on the first one? Uh, the question was um, name uh, name a top forty hit by Queen, and you have to name three of them to have a chance. Obviously, it's mirroring the program. Oh, okay. And what 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 answer did you give? Uh, I'm I'm not a I'm not a huge Queen fan. Um, bah, actually, I, 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 I like Queen more now, having watched the Freddie Mercury film. Mm. Um, but I hadn't seen the Freddie Mercury film at the time of answering those because I only watched that last year. Um, so I put Fat Bottom Girls. Yeah. I'm surprised um, I only which... got a one, though. No, no, that didn't get a one. Oh, um, no, okay. I, I ordered oh, them right. Oh, you got three, yeah. So you, you kind of, yeah, so yeah. Fat Bottom Girls um, was sort of in the teens, um, and then the next one was called... Um, oh, what's it called now? Sing It. No, it's not. it wasn't Somebody to Love. It, you're My Best Friend. Yeah. Uh, you're best well, friends. thank you very much. I yeah. know we podcast every in, week, but uh... in, in homage to yourself, obviously. Um, so yeah, put you're my best friend, uh, and that sort of was high single figures. And then for my, I thought this is this is my chance to get a point of songs. I don't know a huge amount of Queen songs. Um, I put Hammer to Fall, okay, by Queen, and that got and that, that got one. number one. That got a one score. It scored one. Yeah. Pretty good. I, I would have said uh, too much love would kill you. Oh, too much love will kill you, or something like that. Yeah. But I don't um, know whether so that would have that would have even been the right answer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if Tim Timothy's watching, that might be um a warning to it. Yeah. So yeah, and it scored one. I said, oh. Um it was very, very frustrating having come so close okay. to Christmas time as well. So back to reason number two then. Um yeah. and this is about your application to Pointless. When will it be going on when when do you know when you're applying for? Is there any dates or not dates in particular what sort of times it might be filmed and so on? Um, well, I think they're filming over the next year or so. I mean, I, I saw something on Twitter about it, so yeah, I filled, filled it in. Um, yeah, they're, a, a, they're doing it over the next year, but it depends in terms of current circumstances, social distancing, all that sort of stuff. Well, they, they are, they, to be fair, Pointless is a good show for that because they are already pretty well socially distanced on that show, aren't they? They tend to be stood quite far apart. Ah, uh, well, yeah, well, it depends because it depends who you're in the pair with, doesn't it? That's yeah, a problem. True. Who, who you choose to partner. But you could bubble with... Uh... You could partner with your your 
your partner, your wife, and then that'd be fine. Well, I didn't. I didn't select Vicky to go on the show with. Me. Oh, you didn't. Who did you select? I selected you. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> ah, so that that could be a stumbling block. Could be a stumbling block. Hmm. Oh, by the way, do you consent to me giving your um, name and personal details um, <laughs> to the production company? Yes. Um, yeah, that'll be fine. Maybe, okay. maybe uh, I can, maybe I can successfully finally get on a game show after my failed application to deal or no deal. Um, about, years ago. about 12 years ago. We spoke well, about that a few that, weeks ago, didn't we? We did, yeah. I mean, obviously, when we talked about your um, your appearing on Jurassic Park, and I think Pointless might actually be um, filmed at Pinewood Studios as well. All right, okay, yeah. So it might at last be your chance to appear at Pinewood Studios. You do remember that was my lie, though. This might be my lie. <laughs> right, I think I'm ready to answer then. Also, um, it was great filling in the application form, actually, because it said, why do you think you and your partner would be good contestants. And I put, obviously, my partner has appeared as an answer on Pointless yes, previously. Yes, yes, of course. Um, so That's yeah, when they got us wrong, though, didn't it? Because they put down Barney Owl well, uh, did, with I a picture of Ozzy Owl the, the other way around. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, so, sorry, obviously, we, 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 we can't tell the listeners to this programme exactly what your role may or may not be um, as part of the Matchday Entertainment at Sheffield Wednesday. Just friends, and, friends and, of, friends of. Friends of, yeah. I didn't want to obviously belittle the people who are going to choose us to potentially <laughs> appear on Pointless um, by pointing out the error, if I did that. Um, it, said, it, it said, is there something interesting about yourself? I said, yeah, I once swore in front of my mother whilst playing the Pointless board game, <laughs> and it was the first time I swore in front of her in 10 years. Ah, ha, ha, um, I found the answer. That means they're both yeah. true. Right, okay, okay then, right. I'm, I'm ready to choose then, I think. Um, okay. So I, I think that... There's, there's, I think it's the second reason, okay? And the reason I'm going to give this is, originally, all along, I thought, no, the first reason makes more sense. But I think I think your answers that you gave to the Queen question, I think they would have all been higher scoring. I don't think any of them would have got one, even Hammer to Fall, because that's still quite a well-known Queen song. Um, so I reckon that would have scored more, more like, maybe like 15 or something like that. So, so are you seriously suggesting... I would want to go on a quiz show partnered by you. Yes, I am. Having seen your performance in some of the quizzes we've done on here, I think it's a clever PR stunt, and I think you've, I think you've done that. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that and, answer. And obviously, PR stunt is not rhyming slang for a word I use in front of my mother either, as well. <laughs> I love you, you now. So you think that I, I this morning filled an application to appear on Pointless with you as my partner? Yeah, I'm also doubting it might be this morning because there's not been much time to do anything this morning, but. And you had a big steak and a drink last night, so you might not have got up till late. But anyway, let's go with it. Well, I didn't drink all my drink last night, did I? All right, okay. So yeah, I had some of it this morning. Um, so you think it's the second one? I filled in. I filled in application to appear on Pointless. Yep. With you by my side. Yep. You'd be right. Well done. Hey! <laughs> oh, that'd be great if we got selected. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. Um, it wouldn't be because we'd be terrible. I mean, I, I'd be terrible. It depends what comes. Thing is, I can I can make up for your your. Well, no, I can't really. I was going to say I could I could be better at films than you, but to be honest, I don't think I am. What I'll do yeah. between now and then, we know that's your weak point. So I'll study as much film as I can. Um, I would I would say I haven't I haven't actually as yet hit send on the application because there's a couple of bits where we need to up- upload either videos or pictures or also put your. Email, email, and um, phone number. In, so I didn't want to do it without. Have we got any video? First. Have we got any video of us? I don't know. The, the bad <laughs> news is you've got, you've got to shave it down to one minute, unfortunately. Oh. Um, so I was maybe thinking that uh, we could possibly use part of today's show to upload, 
yeah. uh, to them was, was my thinking uh, of, of revealing that. Should we just use the bit where we're talking about the fact that we've, we've got to shave it down to a minute? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I mean, we have to just <laughs> cut out all the ums and ahs and ers, oh. and then we should be fine. We can keep we can keep viewers and listeners up to date with our progress on that, can't we? And maybe you'll yeah. see us on a future episode of Pointless. Yeah, if if this is the bit that we do upload, I would just like to point out to the people who are watching this from the Pointless TV production company uh, that I don't always dress like this. Um, there is a reason as to why I'm dressed like this that I revealed earlier on in the show. Um, so I don't normally. And I don't normally dress like this, but we will appear exactly like we are if that's what they want. Oh man. I might have to chuck the shirt. I don't know. I was going to donate the shirt to charity. Not that I think anyone would actually want it. But, and you, you know, definitely need your haircut. Oh, well, yeah, good point. It's um, Hopefully, by, I don't know whether we'll be able to appear because you've got to be in social bubbles, so we don't quite know whether we'll be allowed at that point. But, yeah, I'll put you down anyway. Thank you. All right, for sure. So, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not really sure. I think I am. I, th- I think I can remember why I came up with this idea for this this little quiz today. Um, but I want to do something about referees, and I do remember back in the summer. I think you once mentioned this new story about a referee forgetting his whistle and playing a harmonica instead, using a harmonica as his whistle instead. Did you mention that in the summer? At any no, point? I don't think so. It doesn't sound like me. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've not put that question in, so never mind. But there was an occasion back in the summer, I'm sure you mentioned it at some point, that a referee forgot his whistle for a match, so decided to use a harmonica instead. The, the, the odd thing about that is, you know, where did he have a harmonica? Surely a harmonica's harder yeah. to find than a whistle. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I thought I'd do a quiz about um, referees and, and what they've done and, you know, sort of shocking incidents with referees and, hmm. and things like that. Is that okay? So, yeah, of course. Here we go then, right? You ready? So, question yep. number one. And Mike Dean, you know Mike Dean, is quite a, a charismatic or quite an interesting referee because he, he tends to be always in the... I think in the past he's he's been videoed in games where it looks like he's, he's celebrated and stuff like that when a team scored, but actually yeah. he's just over-dramatically pointed to the you know mm. halfway line to take a kick-off or something like that. But he, he, he yeah. tends to be a bit of a, a character. So... In uh, in 2019, between a game uh, in a game between Man City and Chelsea, what did Mike Dean do in February? I'm trying to be my best now in case pointless uh, executives are watching. So, what did he do in a game um, between Man City and Chelsea? A. He spat as players tend to do, but it hit City midfielder David Silva in the face. Silva understood it was an accident, but the TV cameras caught it, and it was pretty disgusting. Or B, after the game, he hid the match ball from Sergio Aguero, who had scored a hat-trick. Um, hmm. So, yeah, the, the spitting, unfortunately, is part of seems to be part of football, which, I, as I say, I'm not particularly keen on it. I think it's quite a disgusting habit to have. We do often see footballers yeah, spitting. I don't know. Why can't just keep the, keep the various fluids in the mouth as opposed to spitting it out on the floor? I mean, the amount of time they have to stop and have drinks. At one point, they're... In the football, they're having sort of drinks breaks at 22 yeah. and a half minutes, weren't they? They were. I mean, maybe they should encourage players to stop spitting <laughs> and then they don't need to take the extra fluid on board. Um, so I, th- well, then obviously the third, uh, second option you said was that he hid the match ball from Sergio Aguero. Who'd scored a hat trick. Um, so Aguero does, Aguero is a footballer. Yeah. And I know he has scored hat tricks. And I have shaken the hand of Sergio Aguero. Have you? I have. I mean, I'm guessing you were, you were in disguise at the time. I was in disguise, yep. Yeah. Of course, yeah, when, when he played Man City in the FA Cup last year, didn't he? I think was so. Was Aguero playing or was he a substitute? No, he was playing. Was he? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So I, seem to, I, I remember watching that match. Um, obviously, quite right, it was where Sheffield Wednesday should be, which was on primetime BBC One. And basically, Man City just attacked for a full 90 minutes and Sheffield Wednesday did very little from memory in terms of actually <laughs> never looked like we were going to score at all. Even in the last 10 minutes, we didn't uh, stick men forward and try and do anything. And we were happy to... I think we only lost 1-0, though, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Which, and it's that goal might have been deflected. Good result. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't lose by too much. I mean, I'd rather have, like, we lost by lost 3-0 and actually made some kind of attempt to win, but <laughs> there we go. Bear in mind, it's a cup game. But we didn't want to have a, we didn't want to have a poor goal difference in the cup, did we? So, <laughs> um, so, so I know Aguero has scored hat-tricks. And Mike Dean, you sometimes think when you're watching a game of football that hopefully... It's, it's sort of Mike Dean surrounded by 22 players who unfortunately are trying to disrupt his referee by having a game of football is the feeling you sometimes get. So I think he might have tried to hide the ball from Sergio Aguero. Um, basically, what he did was he took it into the shower with him and he put it in front of him and then he turned around and then it bounced his back and then that's it all got confused <laughs> as to what was happening. Well done, yeah. He, uh, he did hide the match ball from uh, Sergio Aguero. It was a bit of a joke at the end of the match. Uh, number three, in a match between Newcastle and Birmingham in 2003, what did referee Matt Messias do? A, he blew for full time without playing an allocated three-minute injury time. Players and coaches contested and the decision for full time was quickly reversed. He basically forgot that he was supposed to be playing injury time. Or B, yeah. when putting his hand up to give a free kick, he accidentally hit Birmingham midfielder Robbie Savage in the face, giving him a bloody nose. Well, if you, if you think the idea of elbowing Robbie Savage in the face and giving him a, bl- a bloody nose is funny, then you should, should really have a word <laughs> with yourself, shouldn't you? I've um, also, just, just, just another fact, I've actually, uh, at half-time once, I tackled Robbie Savage when he stole a football off some younger children. Really? And, uh, Next you'll be... Next, you'll be telling me that uh, Matt Messiah was sometimes a substitute teacher at your school. <laughs> you do know that, don't you? Was he? Yeah. I never knew that. He yeah. really was. Hmm. I never knew that. At our school. Um, he, used to be a, he used to be a standing supply PE teacher. I don't, I, it's probably not the same anymore. Um, but the, the referees, they used to kind of work, because it wasn't like a full-time profession, so they used to do one week of sort of review and analysis of their performance. But then the other week, they had the week off. So he used to work as a PE teacher in that spare week mm. that he had off. And then sort of the next week, he'd go back to refereeing and reviewing performance and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and obviously, it was difficult to take on a full-time job as because you're only working one week out of every two kind of thing. So he used to take on supply work. And he, t- he taught Ecclesford. He took us uh, for PE a couple of times. I never knew that. Never yeah. knew that. But anyway... Uh, so yeah, we, we would have been there. That 2003 it might have been before or after he he, he maybe taught us, but uh, that was when this alleged incident happened. But what did he do? Did he uh, forget to play the injury time, or did he hit Robbie Savage in the face? No, I remember. Yeah, I remember being a teacher. I remember saying to him, "Tell you what, I remember that time when he elbowed Robbie Savage in the face, <laughs> um, and I, and he got a nosebleed. No, getting nosebleed can be quite bad. I, I got quite bad this morning, and it's completely ruined the white tie that I was wearing earlier on. And it's gone all um, over the application form for pointless." Gone all over it, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, el- he did elbow Robbie Savage in the face. Well done, yeah. And it's also true that I did tack- tackle Robbie Savage at half time once when he stole the football off some uh, children who were playing football on the pitch at half time. And uh, yeah. that that's uh, really so. My friend Barney Owl, he wasn't as popular at the time because he was a new sort of mascot on the scene, replacing an old mascot. So it took a while for fans to like him, but that really was the moment that the tide turned. He anyway, towards him, yeah. Didn't he, didn't there used to be three mascots at one point for Wednesday? They did, yeah. Ollie, Ozzy, yeah. and Baz, yeah. Yeah. Number four. 
in a Scottish Premier uh, Premier Division game uh, between Rangers and Hibs, what happened with referee Dougie Smith? A, he dropped a yellow card and uh, didn't notice, so Paul Gascoigne kindly picked it up to return to the referee, but Gaza, being Gaza, couldn't resist pre- and pretended to book the referee. The referee didn't find it funny and actually booked Gaza for it. Or B... Dougie Smith, referee in the game, uh, had to leave on 33 minutes when the fourth official indicated that they'd received a call that his pregnant wife had gone into labour two weeks early. Uh, That's uh, not not Scottish labour. Yeah. Um, Well, they've got different different rules about all this sort of stuff in uh, Scotland, haven't they? So, um, I I mean, the first one's quite plausible, isn't it? Because it's it's certainly the kind of thing that Gaza would do. And also, the idea that a referee wouldn't have much of a sense of humour about this sort of stuff is also quite plausible, <laughs> I think. Um, but obviously, could his wife... Again, it's, it's, it certainly sounds reasonable that his wife could have gone into labour. I mean, when, whenabouts was this, did you say, sorry? 2003, I think I said, did I? Oh, no, 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 I don't, in fact, I've not got it. I think, oh, no, it wasn't, it was early. It was like 1995 or something. I've yeah. not wrote so it down, kind of, but when I was doing the research, yeah, 1995. Yeah, so I'm, yeah I'm just kind of wondering, did... Um, was it as easy to communicate with people? But she must have rung from the house phone through to the relevant ground. She must have looked in the phone book, worked out <laughs> what the telephone number was for the place, and rung them up. So I think that would have been harder than it used to, than it used to be a few years ago, certainly. Um, oh, sorry, oh, harder than it is now, obviously. Um, so I think that I think Gaza might have booked the referee, and the referee might not have found it funny and given him a yellow card. Well done. Got three out of three right so far. There's a video of it as well. It's, it's 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 really. It's, I mean, even the Hibs players, um, the opposing team's players, were, were contesting, saying that's you know you're being a yeah. job's worth. That's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, I mean, it do, it doesn't do much for a referee's reputation when he sees stuff like that, does he? I mean, no, it's really no. quite frustrating. Not at all. Uh, number five, then. What did referee Stuart Atwell do in 2008 when refereeing a match between Watford and Reading? A. He awarded a goal to Reading, even though they'd actually headed the ball wide. Uh, B. He had an argument with a linesman who attempted to overthrow his decision about a throw-in and decided to make the linesman swap with the fourth official. There was clearly a huge disagreement and general liking between each other. Mm. Oh, I mean, both. I think it'd be difficult to award a goal when it's not gone in. Um, you know, you'd thought that would be fairly easy and straightforward to tell. Did it bounce into that? Did you know if it bounced into that afterwards? Or not sure, but I know, sure. It was, I know it was headed wide. If it right. is true, did you mention the? No, I don't want to break this here, Jim. I've actually been listening to your Alien Audio podcast recently. Oh, um, and I think you were talking about is the bootlegger? Is he called from Wrexham? Yeah. Uh, and didn't he sort of gain gain a bit of fame when someone scored a goal and it, but it went through the. It, side of it, the net and it wasn't I allowed. believe it was him, and that's probably where he got his his fame from, really, because the ball went through the side netting. Uh, it, it went in through the side netting, and the referee awarded a goal kick. Uh, and yeah. he's there going, "It went in, it went in, and and mm. unbelievable, it went in," sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can so happen. That, it can or, happen. Or the ref, the referee replacing the assistant. I mean, generally, you get the impression that the referees and assistants are quite quite united and. Got to get on quite yeah. well together. Mostly, what well, Man United, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Actually, Alex Ferguson with her. Uh, so I, I think that I think that they feasibly could fall out. Um, I want to remember when you play cricket at tea time, the umpires always sit together. Just the, the, there's because playing cricket is obviously a sport where you get to have some lunch. Yeah. Part way through it, you have, your, you have your tea, you have a bit of some scones and that sort of stuff, a bit of cream on it, a bit of jam and all that kind of thing, um, and the umpires. All, all 11 players from one team sit together, all 11 players from the other team sit together, and the two umpires 
also sit together somewhere. And they always sit together. I remember playing one game and the umpires didn't sit together. And you wondered, what, what's, why are those mm. umpires not sitting? It's really unusual to see umpires not sitting next to each other. They're not like each other. What's happening here? It's because, um, it's because apparently, I think I know what you're on about, what incident you're on about, because I'd heard about this actually from somebody else in the cricket community. But uh, one of the, uh, what happened is one of the umpires didn't send the other one a Christmas card. So when it came round for them, you know, refereeing or umpiring together, one thought, you know, sod it, I'm not sitting with him for dinner. And it was a case of the umpire strikes back. Hey, thank you very much. Well done. Um, so I, th- I think that it could it could feasibly be the case that it, on one occasion a football referee and his assistant referee fell out, and he insisted he was replaced by the fourth official. Did he also replace the fourth official though with someone else, or did he say the assistant <laughs> no, referee can become the fourth th- official? I, no, I think I think they uh, I think they just had to go with what they what they had at the time. Yeah. So is that your answer? Yeah, I'm going to say he replaced his, his linesman, his assistant referee. No, your first wrong answer there. Yeah, he he did it. It's called the ghost goal, and apparently, to, I don't know exactly what happened, but the referee thought he'd gone in and gave the goal. Uh, and Watford players contested, but, uh, you know, there was no VAR or anything like that, and there still mm. isn't in the championship anyway. But, yeah, it was awarded a goal. Uh, don't know whether... Do you know what my, you know my, you know my favourite thing is about VAR? Yeah. Can, can, could, you, uh, could you explain while I go for a toilet? Because, look, this is a massive can, and I need a wee. Again? Yeah, I can't help it. That's the amount of times that we have we have to have breaks during the podcast. Talk about VAR for a bit. Okay. Um, I'll I think, wash my hands. Yeah, right. Okay, generally speaking, I think VAR is actually quite a good thing. I think it's not used correctly, VAR. Um, but I think it's actually quite a decent idea. You know, um, it can help the teams kind of get rid of the poor decisions. And I think the referees need to accept that occasionally they will make mistakes. Um, there's a couple of things that know me about it. Firstly... That when someone passes the ball, they think that they've actually got it timed down to the precise point when they've released the pass and the ball's left the foot. Because bearing in mind, you've got players running in different directions. When you watch cricket highlights, you sometimes can't even tell, even with five minutes of analysis, whether or not a ball has bounced or whether there's been impact. So quite whether they can tell that there has been a um, quite when they can tell at what point he's actually released the ball. Bearing in mind how <laughs> fine the margins are for offside, I think that's a bit frustrating. But also what really annoys me about VAR is when people complain about VAR and they quote the distance between the ground the football team is, is playing and also where the person is looking at the VAR screen. So <laughs> is it does it is it at Stockley Park, is it? Where they, they review the VAR, where all the television pictures go to? Is that right, Jimbo? I don't know, but we're not gonna send that last minute to pointless. Uh, we'll probably not send that last minute to pointless now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, pe- people are wa- people are watching the West Ham versus West Brom game, for example, and there's a controversial decision. So it goes to VAR, and people say, "How can someone sat 150 miles away tell tell what happened?" <laughs> it doesn't matter whether he's sat 150 miles away or two miles away, does it? Yeah, I mean, it's gone to someone who's not there. Everybody at home, everyone at home can always see what happens. Yeah, and people but at the back it, of the grandstand with no TV screens can see what happened. Yeah. But because it because it's just a little bit further away <laughs> than if it was local, can't tell it. Anyway, that, that's what really annoys me about VAR. Uh, should, we, should we pick up where we left off anyway? So yeah, the, it yeah. was the the ghost goal. So you got that answer wrong. Uh, number six. What happened to a Dutch referee? Uh, no, number five. This one, isn't it? Sorry. What happened yeah. to a Dutch referee during a Dutch fourth division game in 2019? A. The referee blocked a certain goal when the ball ricocheted off him onto the post and out for a goal kick, although he gave a corner. B. He scored 
Following a goal-mouth scramble, he edged clo- as he was edging close to the action so he could see the ball, whether it was going to cross the line or not, but the ball was cleared, hit him and went in. Um, so he basically, did hmm. he stop a goal from going in or did he score? They score, yeah. Um, well, about fairly plausible, obviously. He can get these goal-mouth scrambles. He can get kind of the referee going close. I'm not sure exactly what position they should take up. You'd have thought more sensibly he'd be not in the goal-mouth would be a better <laughs> place to be. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking the ball may have been cleared, hit him and then bounced into the net. So you think, think he scored? Would, yeah, I think it would have taken up quite what was probably quite a good position, but I think the ball probably came out that quick. It hit him and then bounced in. So I think he scored. Yep, well done. Uh, and it was it was only about a week before the rules were set to change anyway with, with what happens with referees. And, uh, well, you know now we think in the Premiership it's changed. Aren't it? If the ball hits the ref, they have to stop playing, do like a bounce-up type thing, I think, now is, is yeah. the rules. So. Yeah. I don't I don't think they have to if it kind of if it still goes to where it was meant to yeah. go. Yeah. There was a, was there an England game a few years ago, an England friendly, where the ball basically bounced off the referee straight into the path of the. Um, I can't remember it was. I can't remember whether England scored or conceded as a result of it, but a complete and utter clear deflection from the referee changed the course of where the ball was going to, and say so we either scored or conceded purely yeah. because of the referee. So they've changed that. Yeah. Uh, number. Six now then. Uh, what happened mm-hmm. in 2017? What happened between, in a game between Norwich and Preston? A, a Norwich fan had to join the officials as the referee got injured and couldn't even be pitch side. So that meant there was no fourth official. So a Norwich fan volunteered to step in. Or B, oh, It wasn't the... Delia Smith, was it? <laughs> Delia Smith who sort of said, yeah, come on, I'll do Let's it. Let's be having you. Ah, oh, you're offside, you're rubbish. Oh, no. Or B, the referee and one of the linesmen were late to the game due to a traffic incident. A junior football coach who was attending the game with a group of under-13s, uh, Sunday League players, stepped into the linesman as he'd passed a referee course. Well, I know, it, I know it does sometimes happen that you have to put something on Tanoi saying, are there any qualified referees? Um, because if, if if one you kind of move up in order, don't you? So if a linesman gets injured, then the fourth official will step into the linesman and I, someone, someone else can be the fourth official. I remember once at the Sheffield Wednesday matches, there was a, 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 I don't know whether he still goes or he still did go before lockdown and everything, but we used, I used to sit near him in the grandstand and he was a Scottish bloke and he used to have the, mm. the, the standing stitches because he was just one of those people who he couldn't help but shout out all of his thoughts in his head as loud as he could and in his Scottish accent yeah. as well. You're a fool, referee, he used to shout. And anyway, some Somebody once got into a bit of a scrap argument with him, and they went, "What? What are you then? You were qualified referee." You went, "Hi, I am actually." <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I remember once there was a an incident where they'd asked for a, "Is there a qualified referee?" And someone came forward and was the fourth official for the rest of the game. And it transpired that he wasn't a qualified referee. He just fancy sticking his hand up and going out and doing it. He was a boxing referee or something instead. Yeah. <laughs> and also, and I remember seeing footage as well once with Jimmy Hill, who oh, yeah. I think was a qualified official. And I think there was a again similar incident. To be fair, it's probably in the days before a fourth official or whatever. But and I think he ended up being linesman. I think it was commentating on the match originally. He had to get out of the commentary <laughs> box, walk down, and end up being the linesman. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. So I. I think he didn't have his flag, so he just raised his chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the players got whacked in the face. <laughs> so it went um, I think that I think that uh, uh, the referee may have got injured, had to go off, and then someone from the stands came out and finished the game. Well done, you are correct. Yep. Uh, number seven. What did Jimmy Hill um, use as a flight now? <laughs> <laughs> 
what happened in a pre-season friendly between AC Milan and Inter Milan in 2009. I was amazed that they even have... Imagine Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United having a friendly, yeah. but that's apparently what they do in other countries. I don't think it's a bigger thing or whatever. Anyway. Well, they ground the ground show. So how oh, on right. earth did they get round a bit of who had the home team changing rooms? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, a, the referee accidentally showed Ronaldinho a red card instead of a yellow card. Or B, at half-time, the referee got trapped in toilet cubicle and due to due to a faulty sticky lock and the game uh, kicked off 10 minutes late as the stadium caretakers had to free him. Um, I, th- I think accidentally showing Ronaldinho a, a red card instead of a yellow card, um, it prob- you can probably get around that and you can say, actually, hang on, no, we'll, we'll, not, we'll not institute that card, so to speak, you know, we'll, we'll rescind it. Um, as we're getting stuck in the toilet is a little bit more of a difficult way around things so presumably it'd require a you've got to be careful in terms of kicking the toilet door down because surely someone else is behind the, it yeah the, the door will fly open and whack the person in the face won't it? <laughs> so i think it could be plausible that they might have had to wait for someone like a maintenance man to get there with some screwdrivers and take the lock off and allow the person to to get in i mean the, the only other option is it'd have to like sort of slide underneath depending on all those things you slide underneath the floor well, then most toilet floors are just covered in piss, so that's probably not a very good option. Um, <laughs> Referee running around pitch, stinking of piss. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that... So I think he got stuck in the toilets and, that's a, and that was a problem. No, I made that one up. So he did give Ronaldinho a red card, uh, but he not actually. He just picked up the wrong card. He quickly... Um, it turned out to be a bit of a joke. He quickly re-sorted it back out and gave him a yellow card. Mm. Uh, number eight. Is, uh, yeah. is Ronaldinho in prison at the moment? He was. I don't know if he still is. It was for. Was it for trying to? Was it like identity fraud, fraud or something like that, or fake passports tra- or something? Traveling on a fake passport. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think that the judge gave him five years in prison, although he actually meant to give him one year in prison, and it was similar to what the same person <laughs> referee the game of football. I think. Uh, number eight in a Romanian Cup semi-final between Gazmatan and Hermanstad or Stat. In 2018, what did referee Istvan Kovacs do? A, he caused a burst eardrum for Gaz Metten striker when blowing too loudly in his whistle just as the player was passing in front of him. Or B, he accidentally sprayed vanishing foam used to mark the distance of the wall into a player's face. <laughs> um, both quite, I remember watching, remember watching it once where they, they were putting the vanishing foam on and he just sprayed it all over the boots of the people who were stood on the on the line, and they weren't too impressed. They got foam on the boots. Um, and I'd, is it right that the first person ever to get sent, the, the fastest ever sending off was literally a couple of seconds because they, they, they kicked off and a player was stood next to the referee and he blew his whistle really loud and the player went, hey, that was loud, <laughs> at which point they sent him off in bad language. So I think the referee's whistle can be quite loud because obviously you've got to hear yeah. it down the other end of the pitch. So I think they might have blown it so loud that it might have burst the player's eardrum. You reckon so? Yeah. And you'd be wrong. No. So accidentally, the the referee did actually spray the... Because he was trying to shake it to get it. And he accidentally sprayed it into the face of a uh, Romanian football player. But it was it was all sort of laughed off. It wasn't anything serious or anything like that. Uh, number nine now. What happened to referee Patrick Miller in 2015 while refereeing a game between Hartlepool and Oxford? A. He was pooed on by a seagull and the game had to be stopped while it was cleaned from his head and face. Or B. He went to the ground injured and a Hartlepool player took his spray foam and drew around him with it like it was a crime scene. <laughs> um, I do hope it is the second one. But 
Hartlepool versus um, Morecambe versus Oxford. Morecambe. So I think Morecambe. All right. So are either of those called the Seagulls? Oh no, it's Oxford. Is... Oxford. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I seem to think it, for some reason I seem to think it, it could have been Morecambe and I might have written this down wrong but uh, unless Morecambe comes up later on I'm not sure I don't know anyway. which football team is named the Seagulls can't remember uh, Brighton uh, Brighton is it yeah Cause so, it, you should know that because the Halloween version is sea, is it Seagulls or something or no it's not no it's not it was Brighton and something like, I yeah. think it was I think it was Frighten and Hove Frighten and Hove Alvin yeah um so, uh, yeah, so I was just wondering, it would be very apt if a seagull pooed on the referee in a game where there were seagulls. Hartlepool um, is by a sort it? of sea or like a, a marina sort of thing, though, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, it's on the coast, yeah. So I'm going to say it's Hartlepool. You're going to uh, say so, Sorry, Hartlepool. I'm going to say it's the first one. It's a seagull pooing on the referee. No. It's the one you wanted. A Hartlepool player did jokingly draw around the referee making a crime <laughs> scene <laughs> where the oh, referee well fell over. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Uh, number 10. In two, uh, This is where Morecambe come in. In 2008, it was Oxford. In 2018, uh, in a game between Tramier and Morecambe, why did the linesman catch the fans' eyes? A. One of the linesmen was wearing smart black shoes rather than boots. It turned out he'd forgotten his boots. Uh, or B, both linesmen were using scarves to signal for offsides. It turned out they'd forgotten to pack them in the kit. Tranmere were able to locate some spare flags from the training ground by the second half. Hmm. Um, it's a fairly plausible about wearing the shoes, but I would have thought that somewhere they would be able to get a pair of spare boots for the linesmen to wear, uh, albeit maybe from one of the teams. I mean, we play cricket, and every now and again, it's not that uncommon that the other team... Probably happens about once a season. The wicketkeeper is quite specially positioned. They wear gloves and a smaller pair of pads. And every now and again, you get someone saying, "Can we borrow your wicketkeeper's gloves, please?" Because our normal wicketkeeper's not here and we've not managed to borrow his stuff from him. So that so I think you'll probably go to the other team for that for a pair of boots. And obviously, I suspect all players have got have got spare boots um, in a range of sizes, unless this player, <laughs> unless his lines have got ridiculously small or large feet. <laughs> um, and if he got very large feet, what he could do is put another pair of shoes on and put the boots over the top of them, maybe. I don't know. Um, but imagine borrowing the mascot's boots. Yeah, yeah. I'll do something <laughs> like that. Um, in, terms of taking, in terms of having the flags, I don't know who takes the flags to the game. I don't know who, whether... Is it the referee who, t- who brings the flags with them? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? I'm assuming the referee supplies their own whistle. But in terms of the flags, I, I know it... I know for a fact that the scoreboard is provided. It stays stays at the ground. I think not yeah, the score yeah. not the scoreboard the 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 substitute the substitute um, board yeah, stays. These players are coming on the same minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I, I, I would, yeah, I thought that's the case. In terms of the flags, do the linesmen bring themselves? Because I'm right in thinking that linesmen can also be referees, can't they? Yeah, more often than not, I mean so. Would the referees bring them with them and give them to their two linesmen? The linesmen bring their own, or do the home team just provide them so you don't have to take a flag with you to the game or whatever? Maybe the flags got lost up their arse on the previous game after the fans. <laughs> you can shove that flag up here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they might have used scarves and then new flags were located at half time. Wrong. No, it's the boots, and actually, it's, 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 it's been more than a couple of occasions this has happened. I just picked one mm. game there, but it's actually, I'm sure it's happened in either championship or premiership games before as well, where a referee, a, a linesman isn't, you know, they could have probably borrowed boots, but because they were either too ashamed to ask or something, they've sort of been pictured, and, and they've not made mm. a point of it, but they've been pictured, and, and they've zoomed in on the 
linesman's shoes and realised that they were wearing shoes rather than boots. But uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. I, I remember a few years ago I watched a stand-up comedian and he got some quite unusual shoes. Um, he, he got like sort of running trainers on, which was quite yeah. unusual. But didn't, didn't quite fit with. The, he might have been wearing a suit actually. Say, so, and the, the trainers in particular didn't quite match. Um, but he writes a blog every day. And when you read through the details of the blog, there was a bit on it saying, I thought the gig went really well, but unfortunately, um, I'd left my shoes in the <laughs> hotel room. Um, I'd, I'd forgotten about that, and I carried my suit there to the venue, like wearing normal things, and I just got my running shoes on, so I had to do the gig in my running shoes. <laughs> so yeah, I know it, I know it can happen. Um, okay, this is number 11 then. Uh, what did referee Tony Chaperon do when referee Nance... Nance... Nance or Nance? Nance? Nance, I think Nance is the correct pronunciation. V Paris Saint-Germain Germain in 2000, <laughs> 2018. Not very good at French. A, he quit at half-time following receiving abuse from the Nantes manager, meaning the fourth official had to step in and uh, he never refereed a game again. Or B, a Nantes player accidentally knocked him over and as Tony Chaperon was falling to the ground, he lashed out, kicked the Nantes player, um, he then got back up, booked the Nantes player, which happened to be his second yellow, so then sent him off. So basically, he... Got knocked over. That second one's a bit confusing, but he got knocked over by a, a player accidentally. As he was falling to the ground, the referee kicked the player, then stood up and oh, sent so the player off. Right. I, I, I think I remember this. Um, and I think I, I think the first bit, the second bit of the first question is true, that the fella never refereed again. And I think the reason he never refereed again is because he got knocked out. I, I did feel a little bit sorry for the referee almost. If this is right, I think it's the second one, basically. Um, so I'm not sure if you're able to reveal that. Um, yep. And he, I felt a bit sorry for the referee because he got knocked over, but it accidentally got knocked over by the player. And you could tell as he went down, a bit of a natural human instinct was to sort of leg the player up who knocked him down, <laughs> like stuck his foot out and he tripped the player over. Um, and I, I sort of felt a bit sorry that that could feasibly happen. But well, then his reaction was it was to book the player and send him <laughs> off for no fault of the Without players. just listening just... to what the explanation was sort of thing. Yeah. If he'd have just maybe acted like a human being and thought, yeah, sorry, I've, I've been knocked over. So my natural reaction was to put my put my leg out sort of steady and, and sort of do that. I know I shouldn't have done it, but I don't own a time machine and that, that's happened. So I'm really sorry, but... I think he did apologise, uh, obviously, later on after the game and everything mm. and, and acknowledged his mistake. Um, but he was retiring yeah. anyway, so it, yes. he got suspended, but then he, he was due to be retiring at the end of the season anyway. But he refereed something like over 400 games, so it was a little bit unfortunate for the referee uh, to yeah. end his career like that. But it was quite funny at the same time. Uh, yeah, it was quite funny. Last question then, question number 12. Um, so... A Sunday League's referee match report of a game that got abandoned in 2015 went viral. What did the match report say? A, that the game had to be abandoned because the referee had forgotten it was his turn to take his six-year-old daughter to gymnastics and no one from either side was willing to referee in his absence. Or B, the game was abandoned due to fighting and misconduct and in the match report, the referee said he was unable to get the name of the player he wanted to write in the match report for being abusive and the reason uh, being that he refused to remove... Uh, the reason he couldn't get the name is because the player refused to remove his substitutes bib so he couldn't get his number, which obviously corresponded with his name on the on the team sheet. Um, uh-huh. Instead, the referee wrote down that the name uh, the name Legohead because that is the, <laughs> the name that the t- his teammates have been calling him throughout the game. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I mean, you've played more Sunday League football than I have. Um, 
do, do they play games without referees? I think I think they probably feasibly can play without referees. No, they, they have someone steps in. They, they have to have a, a referee or someone who's willing. Even oh, if, so, sorry, as long as it's yeah. from one of the somebody's got to be there to referee. So you've yeah. got to get somebody yeah, so you, to agree to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't play without a referee, but you don't necessarily need a neutral, independent referee. It can be what someone yeah. from one of the teams who, yeah. who who does the refereeing, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but so in, example number one, nobody agreed to do it. Nobody wanted to step yeah. in and do it, so they had to cancel the game, and the, the report went viral. Then. Yeah, and obviously his reason for, for not being able to referee yeah. was, was a reason that it went viral yes, as opposed yeah. to anything else. Um, I think I'd have just put family emergency as opposed to it. got to take <laughs> six-year-old daughter through to a gymnastics class. Um, I think... I think that he might have tried to book someone, send them off, not be able to get details, and, and wrote his name down as Lego head. Because, <laughs> because having having spoken to some uh, cricket officials and stuff over the years, they do actually get to know players' names. If, if they umpire you sort of a few times a year, and they kind of get to know you a little bit, um, so I think that could I think that could be could be the case. They called him Lego head. Well done, yes. There you go. So that was a bit about uh, football referees. I thought I could maybe do something in future about so like other sport referees and things that have gone off there. So uh, there you go. Did you enjoy that? Yes, very good. Thank you. Thank you, Jimbo. Well there done. We you, you, get a, you get top marks. I was going to say, you get what's the opposite of a red card? Well, there isn't one, is there? But you, know, you, really, get, no. you get highly commended for that. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's no Daryl this week because he is uh, having a week off. So Is he in prison again? Probably. So anyway, we've got a different advertiser who's finally managed to be knocking on our door for weeks trying to get... Can we have an advertisement? No, Daryl's paid up for weeks, so got another advertiser in now. Are you ready? Go on, then. Spring is on the way. It's time to spruce up your garden, trim your bush, tidy up your lady garden. Sorry, tidy your garden, ladies. Or just dazzle the neighbours with something new and unique. Then contact us. Introducing Working From Gnome. We are a company providing bespoke garden gnomes for your garden to help brighten up your days and your garden views while you're inside juggling, looking after the kids and working. It's a little known fact that little men with white beards can help brighten up a garden at any time of year. Our artificial intelligence gnomes can even help your children with their schoolwork. We call it gnome schooling. Just be careful because our gnomes can be a little cheeky with other garden ornaments and equipment, especially the alpha stud gnomes we sell. Keep them away from your garden hose. We sell gnomes in all shapes and sizes. In fact, for lonely men, we sell gnome companions. See the Gnome Woman No Cry pages on our website. We also offer a fantastic low interest finance package to help you spread the cost. Click the Gnome Money link on our website to find out more. Be quick, because our gnomes are in short supply. They'll be here today, gnome tomorrow. We've ran out of gnome puns now, which unfortunately means we had a full 10 seconds left of this advert that we paid for that we can't fill. It's been another long episode today, so we'll uh, we'll whiz through the news quickly, shall we, Fisher? Today, what yeah. uh, what have we got? Did you say here today, gnome tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's, it's written down that probably makes a little, sounds a bit better than when it's read out. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh well. Um, uh, what's been going on? In well, the, the first bit of the first the, the first thing I've got on here is uh, is is selling fish. Are you for sale? Are you on eBay? No, no. Won't uh, won't get any money for me, unfortunately. Well, I suppose it ties in a bit to Brexit, doesn't it? And I'd, 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 I kind of came up with a joke, but I don't know how the joke's going to work best. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the joke <laughs> and I'll kind of, I'll give the two alternative endings to it if you want. So there was someone on the news who was talking about Brexit and 
they sold shellfish uh, from somewhere in Scotland. And they came on the news and said it was very difficult to now export to the continent uh, because of additional paperwork that had to be filled in. And they were quite clear that, um, that they'd sold shellfish and their father sold shellfish and their grandfather had sold shellfish. Um, so I was going to say, it looks like that the person in question has inherited the shellfish gene. But would that be better to say, it looks like the person in, the que- in question has inherited the shellfish gene. <laughs> so I don't know which one's better, shellfish or shell... I mean, it doesn't help that the two words are quite confusing, shell, uh, sound quite similar. And they both end with fish. Hmm. Both end with fish, yeah. I'd, I mean, probably say, I'd probably say shellfish works best. Yeah. This person's wife also, she's got a job where she shells seashells on the seashore. Hey! Anything else you want to say um, on, on fish? No, I mean, this person has <laughs> actually got an, he's got an alternative job, actually, um, this person. Uh, he's working as an actor, and he's only got one line in the play, and you have to come in and say... This is the chair Smith was sat in when he was shot. Um, so hopefully he's all right on that front. <laughs> oh. I did say that right, didn't I? My mum's mm. not watching, is she? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a little bit. I think you need. Yeah, I think you probably need to fine tune of that joke. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not even getting started in terms of fish puns. Just... <laughs> no, this episode's long enough as it is already. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's been a few things on the news about Brexit um, and. In particular, something to do with the vaccine supply. I've not, I've not really seen that much information on it. Um, but I know that the European Union have done something that we're not, we're not very happy with. Um, so they well, they're, they're claiming that they, they, because is it AstraZeneca the that vaccine, and it's made in certain parts of Europe. Um, mm-hmm. They signed a deal with the UK um, back in May, and then they signed a deal with the uh, European Union in. August and mm-hmm. basically because there's a supply issue or you know they're not able to produce it as quick as they want to or get it out mm-hmm. there as quick as they want to, um, they were saying to the EU that we're not going to be able to fulfil what we promise you, but we can fulfil what we promised the UK because they ordered it earlier. Mm-hmm. So then the EU, I think, had decided to sort of kind of put some export limits on things to because obviously that's they they they've invested and paid in something they're not going to get and yeah I, I, hmm. I can see both both sides of the arguments but uh, I think the Brexiteers are jumping on it saying oh look at the EU look what they're doing although if it's the other way around it'd be exactly the same hmm. yeah I mean we obviously whether, whether you to, bought a yeah. vaccine whether you bought the vaccine earlier or later you should still expect to be you know both parties should expect to be fulfilled of as to what they were promised I suppose. Yeah, but I suppose it, there is a sort of production line. If you order it first, you'd expect to get it first. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. Did the European Union pay for next day shipping on it? And an extra five ninety nine on the bus. Well, they, they, they're they, getting two lots because it turned up uh, somebody else. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it turned up in a shed in the ne- in the Netherlands, <laughs> and uh, the Netherlands brought it round to them, and uh, they've ended up getting two boxes worth now. Yeah. But you meant to have two shots anyway. So that's gonna, <laughs> exactly. That yeah. Bring that thing a bit near too. Um, I suppose the, the more personal point is that we agreed a deal with the European Union uh, where we would agree to cooperate, and after 29 days, uh, it appears to have already fallen over a little bit. <laughs> but the, this this whole problem, though, is about Northern Ireland, isn't it? Um, and it's impossible, the Northern Ireland situation, because um, on the one hand, what you don't want to do is create a customs, uh, kind of create a, a hard border between Ireland, I, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. I've got an idea. Short freedom of movement. Could, could they move Northern Ireland around the other side of the country so it's on the east coast of the UK? Oh, just, just attach it on? Yeah. yeah maybe and separate so it Norfolk's it. slightly oh, bigger. Yeah. 
on the east. Well, that'd be, you'd thought it'd make more sense to put it on the west side because that's you don't have to shift it all the way around the other side of the country. Yeah, but then it's closer to Europe. Oh, wait, sorry, you mean I- Ireland? Yes. Uh, you want, just, Ireland, you, you want did... Ireland to be nearer to Europe as opposed to Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland nearer to us? Yeah, or both, or just detached, yeah. It's, I mean, it's mm. not, I know it's not possible, but... Uh... I think we should build a bridge to the Isle of Man from all the relevant countries of the United Kingdom. Mm. So, oh, the man's sort of in the middle. You could probably get a bridge going down from Scotland, across from <laughs> Northern Ireland, up from Wales, and across from England. You can all meet on there and then kind of go off to the relevant countries <laughs> you want to go to. But Northern Ireland was always going to be a bit of a problem in terms of some kind of customs border. Do you put it in the Irish Sea? Do you put it on the actual island of Ireland? And what we've ended up with... It, it was interesting that um, Arlene Foster, uh, who is the leader of the DUP, I think, she said... I think she said something along the lines of, it was disgraceful what the European Union did. Um, I'd encourage Boris Johnson to do exactly the same... In, invoke exactly the same part of the transition... Uh, of the deal that we've got to do exactly the same thing for them um, and protect our rights. You think, well, you can't, you can't have it both ways. So, yeah, it's a bit messy. Um, but there we go. And this is obviously in relation to the vaccine um, and the ongoing COVID-19 crisis that we've got. Um, did you see that the Italian Prime Minister has resigned due to general sort of poor performance around coronavirus? I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, is, uh, our... which, is, which is strange, isn't it, considering uh, I don't think, uh, you know, our our politicians have yet to consider all the things in the past that they've resigned for before and quit for before and what prime ministers have had to leave or, or pass on their leadership because of. Mm. And, you know, the fact that we've now reached 100,000 deaths and yet there still doesn't seem to be any movement at the top thinking, you know what, somebody's handled this really badly, some heads need to roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, Boris Johnson said he would take personal responsibility for it, um, but he hasn't resigned. No. <laughs> um, so, so there we go. <laughs> Never mind. Um I mean, have any Tories actually lost a job in this last week? I don't think so. Oh, sorry, Frank Lampard. Of course, of course. Yeah. 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 Got about that. Uh, yeah, he'd been sacked by Chelsea. Um, but Boris Johnson this week has actually, he's been quite clear. He's reiterated that message again. Stay home, save life, protect the NHS. And I saw him say that when he was on a bit Scotland this week, <laughs> if you saw him. I know, even though um, Nicola Sturgeon said, I don't think this is an essential visit, is it, Boris? And yeah. he's still... He's still there. Like I was thinking this the other day. Like if if you know we we did become independent from Scotland, became independent from us. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know I I can completely see what see why they would want that. To be completely honest yeah. with you, I've got <laughs> I completely get where they're coming from. I really really yeah. do. Uh, but if they did, okay, um, like it, it's weird isn't it? because you know national leaders wouldn't speak about each other the way that they, the way that they do because Scotland is part of the UK. Nicola Sturgeon almost mm-hmm. feels like she can say what she wants without holding back yeah. about Boris. Whereas when when if we were sort of devolved nations and we were completely separate nations, um, she they'd probably do the best to sort of keep up, you know, like diplomacy yeah. and stuff like that, wouldn't they? Yeah, closest they'd be our closest allies, wouldn't they? It's yeah. only the same as not the same as if you go if you've got a friend who's a Sheffield United fan, where, where Sheffield Wednesday fans, uh, if you've got a friend who's a Sheffield United fan, you'd probably say something like, ah, yeah, I don't like the don't like the blades, don't like the blades. Yeah, yeah. Well, then if, if someone from Leeds came along, yeah. you'd say, Wait, we're from Sheffield, we're, we don't like the Leeds, we're yeah. from Sheffield, and you'd, you'd pair with it. And then someone from Lancashire came along, you'd say, with a Leeds fan, hey, we're from Yorkshire, yeah. we're from Yorkshire, we're oh, from Yorkshire. 
or like while Sheffield United are in the Premiership and, and where and where in the Championship, you know, at the bottom, we say, oh well, you know, ultimately we want two Sheffield teams in the Premiership, <laughs> but the other way around, where in the Premiership they're lingering below, like, oh no, keep them away, keep them away, <laughs> get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. With, with with them, and then we'd say, you know, we're all Northerners, kind of little yeah. Lancashire people. And then someone from Scotland come along, and then you pair up with all the English people and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of uh, it's the way it sort of goes. Yeah, there's certainly other circumstances for separate nations where we'd be classed as each other's closest allies and all that mm. sort of stuff. I think Nicola Sturgeon's been going on quite a bit, hasn't she, about Scottish independence? And, um, yeah, Boris Johnson doesn't want another independence vote. Um, although, you know, Nicola Sturgeon says that the only reason Boris Johnson doesn't want that to happen is because she thinks that um, the UK may lose effectively. It may lead to the breakup of the union. Although I don't, I don't like Boris Johnson's turn around and say, "Well, yeah, but the only reason you want one at the moment is because you think you're going to win." That's sort of how, <laughs> how democracy works, I think, isn't it? Um, I, I don't think you can just sort of choose. Unfortunately, you're not just allowed to choose elections that your women fancy, and so you can get the result that you want. But uh, but there we go. Would would, would you, you you like? I've got a problem. Okay, like I did. I yeah. shouldn't have chosen the can as big as I have today because I need to go mm. to the toilet again. I've opened. Again. I've opened the floodgates, Fisher. So, can you explain, because you explained this to me the other day, um, but you might need to explain it to listeners about GameStop and what, what, what the hell's going on there. Right, okay. So, hedge funds are companies that effectively, if you've heard the phrase hedging your bets, you know, you're kind of like betting on something maybe kind of going wrong almost. And hedge funds invest in a way where they sometimes actually get profits from companies doing badly. So, what they'll do is something called short selling, where they sell something before they've already bought it at an agreed price. And then when the price of something drops, they will then buy it. Um, and there's kind of contracts that get unraveled. And they effectively make money from companies performing poorly. Um, so what happened with GameStop is that someone noticed that some hedge funds had bought a short sold stocks in games, GameStop. GameStop, GameShop is a bit confusing that um, the name is so similar. So yeah, GameStop, people had, uh, some hedge funds had short sold shares in GameStop. And someone noticed this, and what they decided to do is a lot of people who were sort of amateur traders started buying shares in GameStop, which therefore inflated the, the value quite a lot, which meant all these hedge funds who'd invested in terms of short selling those shares and were hoping the price to fall lost quite a lot of money into the roof because more people were buying stocks all of a sudden. And the only reason buying stocks is to try and make sure the hedge funds lost some money. Because uh, a lot of people can trade, can be amateur traders via apps called like Trading Two One Two and all that sort of stuff, where you can almost just buy and sell stocks, even though you're not really sure what you're doing. But it's kind of a bit like, a bit like fantasy football, for example. You just kind of choose it and putting your money in and seeing what seeing what happens. Um, this kind of inflated the market price, and a lot of people uh, decided to. Or some of the people who ran these apps decided to stop people from buying these shares, saying that it was unfairly abusing the market effectively, and you're causing artificial price increases. Um, and it interests me a little bit that kind of defects within the market is fine when it comes to large companies making a lot of money. But when amateur people try and get involved and try and use the same um, instabilities within the market for their own purposes, funnily enough, it becomes not acceptable to do. So I don't particularly think that's very fair. What do you think, Jimbo? Yeah, well, I've just been to the toilet releasing some stocks. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I agree with everything you're saying, Fisher. Shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Shall we go on to my quiz?
have smaller cans is uh, the takeaway message from today's episode, I think. I'm all right now, though. Yeah. I think I can sit, I think I can go through all of your quiz without needing the toilet. Okay. I mean, are you, is everything all right? You're not feeling unwell or anything? No, I'm fine. Fine. Just, just, a, yeah. just, a, just a big can. I did have a cup of tea as well before we started, so that's not helpful. Oh, yeah. dear me. Run straight through your you poor thing. Um, so anyway, I've got a quiz. Did you hear about a refuse collector from Hereford this week who lost his job? I did, because you told me before the episode started. Man, we want to have that thing of spontaneity, don't we? I mean, <laughs> I mean to be fair, we do. I didn't tell you about the pointless application, did I? But, um, so, so someone who collected rubbish in Hereford um, kicked the head off a snowman, and he upset the three-year-old child who built it. And his parents have got CCTV outside of their house, and it meant that the CCTV footage was forwarded onto this person's boss, and it was disciplined and effectively lost his job for kicking the head off of a snowman. Um, it caused uproar. A lot of people complained, although, to be fair, I would say that some of these people were just snowflakes. Um, and, yeah, he lost his job, which I thought was a little bit unfair, just for kicking the head off a snowman. That, as the person who kicked it off, now, kicking the head off a snowman probably isn't the brightest thing to do in the world, and it should maybe, in future, just not kick the head off a snowman, but I'm not necessarily sure he necessarily has to be um, relieved of his duties as a refuse collector and lose his job um, just because of that. I'm sure there's people who are doing far worse things in the world than kicking the head off a snowman, mm. which, as he pointed out, eventually will actually melt and will disappear anyway. And there's yeah. a picture of the kid. There's a picture of the kid in the Daily Mirror, a three-year-old lad just sat on the floor next to basically some ice and a carrot, which is what the snowman used to be. Um, so I thought so I would do a quiz. I have quite, I have to question how this three-year-old child has built this snowman because it's it's three snowballs tall, and I tried to build a snowman a few weeks ago, and I really struggled to get the snowballs on top of each other because they were that large. So well, I'm guessing he had help. Uh, yes, his dad was quite clear to point out that a lot of children on the estate built it, taking it in turns to observe social distancing, <laughs> just to make sure that everyone. It's quite clear it was doing the right thing in terms of social distancing. All right. What what annoyed me a little bit is that um, the newspaper, I, re- I think I read about it in the Daily Mirror, actually, on the like the online article or whatever, and it said that the bin man unleashed a flurry of kicks towards the snowman. You think, no, he didn't. He just did one round. Yeah, he did. I've just watched it. It's very good, to be fair. It's a good kick. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite high as well. Yeah. He's got talent, this lad. Um but I, I felt it was a little bit unfair. So I thought what I would do is compile a quiz um, around people who've lost their jobs for unusual reasons. Um, so first up, a New Jersey-based factory assembly line worker known as JD was sacked after asking his supervisor if they could do what? Is it travel home around three miles to get their inhaler as they were having breathing difficulties? Or travel to local hospital where his girlfriend was about to give birth to their first child? So it ties in a bit similar to one of the questions you've got, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I reckon that, that it's the second one. Because I think, the, I mean, both of them are, 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 you know, you could take to possibly a tribu- an employment tribunal because they're both pretty mm. bad reasons to be sacked. Um, but the first one's more to do with actual immediate, like, risk to life, I suppose. So I'm going to say yeah. it's the second one, and it's about him wanting to go and see his, his pregnant girlfriend, partner, wife in mm. labour. Yeah, uh, you'd be wrong, unfortunately. I can't get my breath. He, I neither could he with the sound of it. Um, he, he apparently asked to go home and get his inhaler because he uh, was having breathing difficulties. Uh, his supervisor said, no, you've worked quite slow today, so I'm just going to sack you instead, effectively. And that was uh, that. Was that. 
I think it's fair to say that a lot of these ended up with um, claims for damages or yeah, employment drivers and all that yeah. sort of stuff for fairly obvious reasons when you when you hear what's happened on them. Next up, why was James Stevens of Atlanta sacked from the Georgia Subsequent Injury Trust Fund? Is it that whilst slagging his boss off, he accidentally pocket dialed his boss, <laughs> who listened to around 10 minutes of him being criticised? <laughs> or... It was recorded on Facebook Live singing Caught Out There by Khalees on the karaoke. When singing the lines, I hate you so much right now, he dedicated it to his boss, who he'd forgotten was his friend on Facebook. <laughs> so he did a Facebook Live? Facebook Live karaoke. Oh. And with offensive lyrics on it, he dedicated it to his boss who was sat there watching it. I'm going to ask him to get him sing, send me that song so I can sing it about my... Uh, I mean, never mind. Uh, <laughs> joking, of course. Um, yeah, I, I reckon it's the second one then, and he, he did this Facebook Live and forgot who his friends were on Facebook. Mm. Uh, you'll be wrong again, unfortunately. So, there we go. Um, yeah, he apparently pocket-dialed his boss, or butt-dialed, as the Americans called it. Um <laughs> Next up, 14 workers at a law firm in Florida were sacked for doing what on payday? Is it wearing orange shirts, which had become a payday tradition? When a new management team entered, they thought the workers were being aggressive towards the management. Or going out for lunch at the local diner, but not inviting any of the management. Feeling excluded, the management sacked all 14 of them, claiming productivity was low on the payday afternoon. Oh, again, I mean, sacked for either wearing orange T-shirts or sacked for going for lunch. Whereabouts yeah, is this I mean, one? Uh, it's in Florida. I mean, these are all in America. Because, of course, you know, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's a very brave person who... I'd be less shocked if you said they just came in and shot them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, bring, bring... I, I reckon it's the lunch one. They was excluded from lunch, and that's why they got upset. Yeah, I think it's like Alan Partridge with uh, Sacklin for being disloyal, unloyal, and joining yeah. in the fun. Uh, you're wrong again, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, I'll give myself a correct... No, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, apparently it was a tradition that to be because they were happy at getting paid, they used to wear orange shirts because it's good good news you've been paid some money. Uh, so they started wearing orange shirts, and it was just a, a tradition that sort of stayed on on payday. Let's dress bright because we're in a good mood because we've been paid. Uh, however, the new management team thought they were basically taking the piss and being quite passive aggressive about their pay. So they thought they were actually being offensive, and they got rid of them as a result of it. I think wow. a, a fair few of them took a bear in mind they were lawyers anyway. Um, a fair few of them sued the company, which is understandable. And when when they got the payout, they uh, they all wore orange again. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, Vicky Walker from New Zealand was sacked for doing what via email? Is it after hearing that there had been disruption affecting the company's Thailand office, she emailed the rest of the New Zealand office saying that Thailand had been having difficulties for a long time. <laughs> this was deemed to be offensive, so she was sacked. Or she emailed her colleagues with instructions on how to fill in some forms. However. She wrote the email in capitals, bold, and a bit of cold writing. After being accused of being aggressive, she was fired. Ah, because people can find, like, capitalised and bold text quite uh, shouty, can't they? I don't know what you mean, Jimbo. <laughs> so I, I can understand this one, yeah. Um... I, I certainly know that I once saw something that had been written and put up in the, the kitchen at our work that was underlined, bold, capitalised, and in colour, which was the full, <laughs> full-on quadruple whammy of, you know, Make sure you put your plates in the Scan here, so. scan this QR code for a video version of it as well. Yeah, uh, screaming and shouting. Uh, let's go with the second one then. I think it's the uh, formatting of the text that got get, that got people worked up and got her sacked. And the aggressive tone of it. Yes, you'll be correct. Well done. 
Uh, next up, in 2004, flight attendant Ellen Simonetti was fired from her job. Why was this? Is it? She wrote a lot of... Sorry. She wrote erotic literature in her spare time under the name Jet Engine, Queen of the Mile High Club, which detailed liaisons between an air stewardess and the passengers. Or she wrote a blog called The Diary of a Flight Attendant, which included provocative pictures of her in her air stewardess uniform. Okay. Um, so I've, I've sexed it up a bit there just for the adults, just well, to get a bit, both of, of them. Um, bit of smut. Yeah, both yeah. of them sexed up a little bit. Uh, what what so airline? Did write... Does it say what airline she worked for? Um, it does not in the question. However, it was one of the American airlines. Um, might have been Delta or United Airlines or something like that. I can't, I can't remember which. I think it might have been Delta, actually. Let's say it's the the one that she she wrote a diary about herself and she used... Uh, she put, put provocative photographs in there of herself. She put provocative photographs of herself in a uniform? Yes. You'd be correct. Well done. Just just to confirm that these answers are correct, do you happen to have... We can do it at the end of the show, obviously, but you've got a link to any of any of this... Uh... Um, I, I haven't. <laughs> having, Googled, having, having Googled it just for research, which I sometimes do, I didn't, I didn't actually think it was that provocative, really. Oh, I, right, think, okay. I think the airline objected to the fact it was their uniform that was in the pictures. Oh, right, um, okay. So, yeah, it wasn't the... wasn't the. Yeah, I'll be honest, when you see it, there's no need for you to nip off the toilets again. <laughs> it's all I'd say. Uh, yeah, just Google name. Ellen Simonetti. Um, I'll, see if I can, I'll, I'll see if I can get a, get a name and send you a link to them. <laughs> if, 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 if you want. I mean, don't have to, but I'll just, I'll just WhatsApp that over to you if you like, Jim. <laughs> To, to, just to see what's what. What's our next question? Um, next question. So I'm just sending. Just send oh, you're sending me now. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, it wasn't as good as that time when Alan, Alan Sugar tweeted the picture of that uh, lady's cleavage. All right. Okay. Uh, next up, I've not sent you that again. Don't worry. Next up, cartoonist Rick Faraday was sacked after 20 years for posting an offensive cartoon. You can see straight down the aisle, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cartoonist Rick Faraday was sacked after 20 years for posting an offensive cartoon. What was the publication and what did the cartoon say? Is it Was it the Socialist Worker magazine and the cartoon featured a Tory MP saying to a left-wing MP, I'm a country member, to which the left-wing MP said, yes, I'll remember. Or was it Farming Today? I'm not sure if you got that joke, by the way, but there we go. Um, I'm a country member, yes, I'll remember. Um, or... It was farming today, and he wrote a cartoon where one farmer said to the other, there's no money in farming, to which the other farmer said, that's not true, the CEOs of John Derry and DuPont Pioneer earn loads of money. Ah, well, very political, I suppose, the second one, isn't it? Uh, well, the first one, surely. Well, well um, both of them, yeah, but, but yeah, well. Uh, well, the, I would confirm as well that these two companies both make farming equipment. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with the second one, I think. That's... Uh, they said there was no money in farming, but the other one said yes, the CEOs earn yeah. loads. Uh, yeah, you'd be correct, well done. I think we've got uh, we've got four questions left now, I think. What, what have you got? Have you got two out of two out of six so far? Two or three maximum, yeah. Yeah. Um why was a McDonald's worker sacked in the Netherlands only to be paid four thousand euros in compensation later on? Is it a colleague asked for medium fries? Well, she took out a large fries packet and started filling them. In spite of only filling them to pretty much the level of medium fry serving, she was sacked for not following the correct procedure, which would have been to put them in a medium fries thing. Or she served a colleague a hamburger, but the colleague then decided they also wanted cheese. After adding extra cheese, 
she forgot to charge for a cheeseburger and not a hamburger, and she was sacked. Sound like with the first one, the the boss had a chip on the shoulder. <laughs> um, and the second one was about the size of the burger or something. Uh, just sticking some cheese on it. So initially they charged for a burger when they should have charged for a cheeseburger. Okay. Hmm. And they, they effectively gave this person a free bit of cheese. Let's say the second one. That some free cheese. Yeah, to got sacked. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be correct. Well done. That's maybe a clever way of saving money, though, but I'm sure they'd be on to that. Can I have a hamburger, please, and just add some cheese on it? Mm. I think that, that wasn't someone like a money-saving money saving expert that sort of worked out that instead of having a quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's, you should get sort of a double cheeseburger with cheese, and it's Same like £1.20 cheaper, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So I think, I think there are, are things you can work around to try and save yourself a bit of money if you want, um, or just cook at home, probably cheaper. Yeah. Unless, unless you're buying steaks, it costs... 15 quid a time. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you won't put them so between was... bread, would you? No, no, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll How do you like your steak? What was that, sorry, Jim? How do you like your steak? Uh, I like it quite rare. Yeah, not it that expensive. Very, very rare, actually. Yeah, yeah. Rare to pay that much money. You like it really um, rare, like bloody rare then? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't... I like it to be... Yeah, rare. How about your wife? Same? Uh, she, she's pretty rare as well, yeah. I've uh, only got one of them. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, she, she, likewise, she likes it quite rare as well. Um... I'm not, I, I don't I don't understand people who I want mistake well done I just don't quite get it how about yourself I uh, yeah I'm sorry I might be one of those people I mean not 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 ridiculously well done you know not not BTF is what we would have called it in the uh, when I worked yeah. as a waiter um mm. not that burnt but certainly well more on the well done side of things I'm afraid yeah. I'm not really that much of a I mean I, I like a steak but I'm not I'm not I'm not that much of a meaty type of person really I like I like rubbish meat Cheap rubbish right. meat, and because of that, I've now started to eat uh, meat substitutes instead because that's just as rubbish as the rubbish meat. Fair enough. So, so I'm trying to cut down on my meat. Yeah, fan of corn. And all that I stuff am. Stuff. Yes, I like my corn and my plant foods if I can. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, are you preparing to go on Irish celebrity get me out of here next year? That's it. Exactly. Um, you don't have to do all the food challenges. You just get to. That's it. Eat some corn. Because once some... once we appear on Pointless and hit those high levels of fame, I'm a yeah. celebrity going to be gunning for us. Or at least one of us, probably me. Yeah. <laughs> I think on the Pointless application, I probably need to change the application around and put you as the main one and me as the secondary one. Because when you talk about things you've done for yourself, you can, you know, you've appeared on the radio and all that sort of stuff. You've got your own business where you dress up as PowerPoint showman and all that kind of thing. I mean, it was it was the celebrity version I appeared for as well, actually. Funnily enough. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> See, it wasn't. It wasn't. So next up, anyway, back to the quiz. Why did twenty-one-year-old Thomas Lopez get fired from his job in Hallandale in Florida? Is it he refused to serve alcohol to a clearly intoxicated man who later crashed his car? His boss said he should never refuse a sale. Or he was a lifeguard who was fired for leaving his designated area whilst he was saving someone from drowning. <laughs> Oh, well, so both, he's, he's actually been doing something really good. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, he saved a couple of lives there because if he'd have, if he'd have served the person uh, who crashed their car, they might have crashed it harder, faster. Yeah. Or, mm. in, you know, could have been worse, I suppose, if, it, if they'd had well, a drink. Or they might have just fallen asleep in the parking lot and managed to sober up before they drove off. Who knows? True, true. That is a good point. It might have just been enough to stop him from being tipped over the edge and driving in the first place. So, yeah. let's say the first one, I think, this time. Um, no, it's not. It was unbelievably... <laughs> unbelievably, he was fired because he left his, de- left his designated area 
And the reason he left his designated area is to go and save someone's life who was drowning. But for all we know, this person who was drowning could have been a terrible person. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah. Um, so it could have been a fish. A drowning, a drowning Donald Trump mm. who he <laughs> took to the surface. Uh, next up, what did a group of 15... Not going to hear that as much these days, are we? No, I think it's the first mention we've had of him, actually. Yeah. Um, did you see the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles NFL team? It was speech. It had just been made head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, and he did a speech about how he was going to get them playing a bit better. And it was so Trump-esque, it was untrue. He said, he said, we're going to put processes in place, and if we've got good processes, then that means that the players can play more effectively and better and more efficiently because we've got the processes so people don't have to think about other things because we've got a good process in place. <laughs> and it was it was as though it was written by Donald Trump, so very, uh, very interesting stuff. So next up, what did a group of 15 miners do in Agnew Goldmine, Australia, which led to being fired for breaking health and safety rules? Is it play cricket as they were working at the exact same time that Australia regained the ashes from England, or they videoed themselves dancing the Harlem Shake. Ooh. So it was Australian miners, did you say? Australian miners, yeah. Well, you'd have thought that they would have been let off if... Because if, obviously, obviously Australia are massive cricket country people and all that. So you'd have thought that they wouldn't have been sort of, I don't know, been punished for celebrating the country's success, really. I suppose unless the, unless the Australian mine was actually owned by British people or something yeah. like that, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so uh, that could I've, be reason. I've got a, I've got a quote here from the owner of the mine saying, "You shouldn't celebrate Australia beating England at cricket because it happens all the bloody time anyway." <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's that's a that's a quote I've made up. Um, um, and the the first the second one, sorry, was um, remind me. Oh, the Harlem Shake. Yeah, I remember when well, this they, was. And what year was this again? Them, uh, it was in two thousand. 13, which incidentally just happened to be a year that both Australia won the Ashes from England and also the Harlem Shake dance was quite popular. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go Almost with the, I'm going to go with the Harlem Shake. I think Harlem Shake. Oh, well done, you'd be correct. And our final question: um, Why did Deborah Lee Lorenzana get sacked from Citibank? Is it her provocative clothing was causing a stir in the office? and she refused to adopt her style. Or she informally kept referring to the bank as Titty Bank and not City Bank. <laughs> oh, right. I'm going to say the second one. That she yeah. kept referring to the bank as Titty Bank and not City Bank. Yes. No, I made that up. It's oh. the first one. Well, interesting reasons for people being sacked there. Yeah. Uh, she apparently was told that, yeah, some of the men were getting too distracted by the clothes she was wearing, which obviously is her fault and not the men's fault for not just getting on with their work. You know, if only they could, if only they could just work as opposed to staring at this lady. Um, they asked her to sign something, meaning that she couldn't wear sort of you know, low cut tops and heels more than three inches long and um, pencil skirts or something like that, or short skirts and, and whatever. She refused to sign and, it. Uh, I think she, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know quite the exact details, but she either refused to sign it or just carried on wearing them, and in the end, they decided to uh, to remove her from her position. We might have got uh, more apparently. views today because you're wearing a shirt and tie. Maybe, maybe. If the you start buttoning it, them... our listenership might go even further up. 
If I, sorry, you broke broke up a little bit there, Jimbo. Sorry. If you start unbuttoning your shirt, we might get even more come through, even more views. No, I'm not, not going to do that because I've got a shirt underneath because, you know, it's cold up here, isn't it? <laughs> um, so it made no difference to see sort of like a T-shirt underneath. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I don't wear this these clothing anymore in the office environment because uh, too many ladies were interested in it. Mm. Or maybe just because it looks like it's something fresh out of the 1980s. Are you wearing trousers or shorts, by the way? Uh, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing trousers here. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. How about you? You sure? Oh no, I'm full. full now I've got my uh, trousers on as well. Although oh. shorts would go very well with my outfit today, clearly. So I think I think I look a bit like a goalkeeper shirt. By mm. the way, do you I think don't know it why does? I think that. Yeah. Well, it yeah. says uh, it says number eighteen Lego head on the back. So. Uh... Say number, say number 18 on my back. 81, I think, isn't it? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's, um, it's my brother's number. I think it's my brother's shirt. Uh, how I've ended up with it, I'm not 100% sure. I think it's uh, something to do with we, we, we wear green on a on our five-side matches as well, and this was an old, unused shirt, so I managed to get hold of it for spare top for when we had people coming along, and I've got it now, so there you go. But anyway, uh, well thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we've gone on quite a long episode, so if you want to get in touch with us, uh, get in touch and tell us what you want us to talk about or uh, anything you want to mention at all, leave us a review or anything, whatever. Uh, at Waste of Web Space is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and wasteofwebspace.co.uk is our um, website, and we put stuff yeah. on there occasionally. Find all the you old stuff find- on there too. Yeah, you can find us on various social media channels. You will see on Pointless fairly soon as well, perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, keep, keep in touch. Um, we're, we hope you've enjoyed this show. Uh, we'll probably be back next Sunday as well, I think, with another one. And we'll take it from there. Thank Have you got anything more to add, Jimba? Nah. We, we, I'll probably best we, we go for another week. Yeah, so we missed out on quite a lot of material we were going to cover today because we just seemed to go on quite a bit, but never mind. It means <laughs> that we didn't talk about some of the... What stuff have we got to talk about? If you've got any celebrity sex tape videos that you want to refer to us, then feel free to let us know. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Send us vid- videos as the... well so we can properly uh, review and decide whether we want to talk about them or not. Yeah. We, we didn't even bother to talk about that uh, Metropolitan Police officer who makes e-fits and made an e-fit himself, but it looked nothing like him. <laughs> we can talk about the accountant who got scammed. Um, you know, so they'll probably feature next week instead. Yeah. If we've not got much material. Exactly. Right. Thank you very much for listening. See All you right. Later. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye.